a very nice suit, Mr. Takagi. To be ashamed to ruin it. I'm going to count to three. There will not be a four. Give me the code. One. I don't know it. I'm telling you. Get on the jet to Tokyo and ask the chairman. I'm telling you, you're just going to have to kill me. Okay. You can't tell the guy who has a gun to your head, you're just going to have to kill me. You can't do it. Do you think he knew the, the, the passcode or whatever it was? Do you, do you think he knew or was he really telling the truth? Like, I really don't know. You're going to have to get on a flight and go get it. I didn't believe him. <laughs> he seemed he like had he was co- lying. He had that code. He had that code. His face was the face of a of a liar. Like, yeah. he was absolutely yeah. lying. He was <laughs> trying to call bluff of a man he didn't know was willing to do what it takes to get the so, code. So you thought he was going to shoot him. Like, I mean, I know this movie's been out for 30 plus years at this point. You knew he was going to shoot him, right? Like, it was yeah. obvious. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the tenor in his voice when he was counting to three seemed very serious he seemed very serious and very annoyed that he just didn't yeah. have his code like just give yeah. me the code you know i mean he he used the he used the count to three move i mean that's that's usually <laughs> reserved for parents and children i mean i would mess around with a guy who does the count to three move you you can't you can't disrespect that you have to respect the counting yeah. and yeah. he clearly didn't and he didn't count to five he counted three like, yeah and there and he said there will be no four and, and there wasn't there was no yeah. four he he was not so yeah I'm going to count to three, Bad. I mean, we're about to start the show. So if you're okay. ready. <laughs> I'm scared. Now welcome, I'm scared. Welcome back to the Last Row Podcast. This is episode 145. You're coming to... back after yeah. a mini hiatus. We'll touch on that in a second. We're going to count to 145, Drew. We're going to count to 145, and then I'm going to yeah. begin the show. One, yeah. two. <laughs> so if you're looking for our website, check us out, thelastrowpodcast.com. Follow us on all the social media channels at the Last Row Pod. Check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Happy New Year, Bad Way. Yeah, Welcome yeah, yeah. back. Do you feel refreshed? I don't, but do no, you? No, no, but we're here. Um, yeah, we have a you know, commitment to the people. We're back. You know, had a little mini hiatus. Um, not planned. Things happened, but we're we're happy, we're healthy, and and we're back, and we're hopefully on a regular schedule. Yeah, we'll, we'll be back to the two-week thing. That You know, I was proud of us. We, we, we had every, you know, New episode every two weeks for a long time and hit a little bit of a snag, but thanks for sticking with us, everybody, and uh, excited to talk about this movie today. Yeah, when, when, you know, when we release this episode and the, the download numbers are zero, zero. Okay, we'll, we know, know we'll know, we'll know, everybody left. So. <laughs> if they didn't yeah. leave us after yeah. three years of being off, yep. and then we shadow drop a new episode, sure, maybe they're still out there. Please, guys, don't leave. Please. And thank you for everyone that stuck around. Please. <laughs> Please. Die Hard, like this podcast, we die hard. <laughs> July 22nd, 1988. Not a theater movie for us Utes back in 88. No. With a runtime of two hours, 11 minutes. Oh, wait, before I ask you this, um, before we get into all that, is this the first Die Hard movie you've seen? Because mine was three. Honestly, I don't remember. It probably, mm. it probably was, but I might have seen three. Like, because of the age that we were, you know, because yeah. three was what, like in the early 90s? I forgot the exact date. It was like mid to late 90s, I feel. So it was like we could have seen it as, you know, young teenagers or 12-year-olds or whatever. It was, maybe, it was more possible for us to see an R-rated movie 
you know, at 12 than at four. Maybe I did see three first. Yeah. I, I don't remember, but I definitely, I definitely saw three more than this one. I would say that. With a runtime of two hours and 11 minutes. Eh, just about right. Bordering yeah. on too, too much. It was, it was, too long. it didn't Bordering feel like two hours and 11 to me. I'll say that. Yeah. yeah. Action slash thriller directed by our boy, John McTiernan. Drew, name yeah. another John McTiernan movie. Is it Predator? Is that? Yes. Uh, that's yes. what I was thinking, right? That He's a legend on this show. Last Action you. Hero, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Man, Last Action Hero is underrated. Yeah. Sorry. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Director of Photography, Jan DeBont drew. I know, you know I know our boy Jan, Jan. DeBont. Our boy I know, Jan. Our boy Jan. <laughs> he, yeah. he knows how to film a boat. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. He knows how to film a bus. I'll oh, tell yeah. you that. I'll tell you that. And uh, it's, it's, I like, I'm our boy Jan. Jan, yeah. as, as some would say. Jan, Jan DeBant in America. <laughs> Screenplay by Stephen DeSouza. Our boy Stephen DeSouza of Street Fighter and Judge Dredd and Beverly Hills Cop 3 and Flintstones fame. You know, <laughs> I was recently listening to our Street Fighter episode and I have to give us credit. Like, I just, you're going like, to do that? You're going to give us I'm credit? I'm going to do that. If you yeah. guys haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. Yeah. I, I was really, I was enjoying that one. And I, I was mm. enjoying Steven D'Souza, but man, after working with Jean-Claude Van Damme, it's not surprising to yeah. think that he didn't want to go back to him. So yeah, that's, that's the highlight that he, that he, that he wrote. Street Fighter and Judge Dredd. And Commando oh, by the too, way, right? oh, by the way, he did Commando and Running Man and he adapted Die Hard. Yeah, he's kind of good. But he's forget those good. movies. Let's talk about Street Fighter more. <laughs> Street Fighter. <laughs> I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm a yeah. fan. This is like, this is an all-star cast here because we're going to yeah. talk about that guy's and so I had that Kai Hall of Fame lot, coming up there's too. A, there's a lot going on. IMDb 8.2 out of 10. Too low. Too low. All-time action movie. Rotten Tomato 94%. That's, that's, that's about that's right. Better. That's better. Metacritic, 72%. Too low. Too low. Letterbox, 4.1 out of 5. Too low. Pretty good. I don't know. What do you want? What do you want? Four and a half? <laughs> you what know, you if you're not an action fan, maybe I could see you going in there going, yeah. this yeah. is a one I know star. Bruce Willis better when he was moonlighting. sexy, when he was moonlighting. <laughs> I gave it a five, just yeah. for the record. Gave it a five. For the record. And shout out. I got to do this. Shout out to our friend of the show, JJ. Thank you for getting on Letterbox, JJ. Mm, yeah. Thank you. Hey, JJ. I'm so Thank glad you that you got on there. What's his handle? Can we give him a shout out? Friend of the show, JJ, movie extraordinaire, fan of movies, movie sponge on movie Letterboxd. Sponge. Go give him a follow on Letterboxd if you're on there. And for the record, I'm on there too. Last Row Drew is my handle. Badway, you're on there too, right? I believe Hey Badway, but it's been a long time and I got I to gotta kick it up. It's been a long time since I've been on Letterboxd, but I, I would assume, Drew, I'm going to call you out. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot here. I feel like you give a lot of movies five stars. Is that right or no, wrong? It's not. Am I wrong on that? You're okay, wrong. good. You're actually glad wrong. that you're selective. Let uh, me let me tell you, like when you go to Letterboxd, it gives you a curve. The okay. highest ratings that I've given. So I have 31% of my ratings are four star. Then I have 18% are three and a half. And my, mm. my second highest actually is, is three stars. So okay. right in the middle. See, I, I feel like if I was like active on it hardcore, mm -hmm. there'd be a lot of fives and a lot of ones. I, I only give, I, I, mean, I give a very rare, is it five? Well, I mean, rare, I've only given 51 movies of 899. So only 6% of my movies have five stars. Do me a favor right now. Give me the first five you see on there and the first one you see on there that you scored. Of give my the people, give, five stars? Give, give the people a taste All of right. what you're rating. Here's my box. five stars. Okay, number one, Kelsey, five stars, five out of five. Go Birds. Okay. <laughs> what, uh, what's the first one you see on there? Uh, the first one. Let me go see. 
And it's it's doing it in chronological order. Hold on. Okay, Let's that's fine. Back. I don't have a one star. Wow. <laughs> no, I lied. Actually, I lied. That was a zero. My first one, one star, 50 shades darker. Okay, fair the enough. The second one, 50 shades, <laughs> 50 shades of gray. The next one, Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer, House Not of bad. the Dead, Catwoman, The Happening, and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Those are all my one stars. The Silver Surfer, that that was an Fantastic awful movie. Four. It was deserved one star. The, the Fantastic Four Silver Surfer movie. Terrible. Here, let me give you a taste of my five stars. So I got Kelsey, John Wick Four, After Sun, Roadhouse, Christmas Vacation, Top Gun Maverick, Predator, The Batman. It goes on and on. Go check out my page. Okay. Last row, right. last you're, row, you're put, Drew. You're pushing it with the Batman, but we'll Come move on. on. It's a masterpiece. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. I'm like, a Batman just, fan. Come on. That's like a 4.1. Ghostbusters. Here we go. Terminator 2. Ghostbusters. <laughs> New York City policeman yeah. John McClane is visiting his estranged wife and two daughters on Christmas Eve. He joins her at a holiday party in the headquarters of the Japanese-owned business she works for. But the festivities are interrupted by a group of terrorists who take over the exclusive high-rise and everyone in it. Is that fair to say? Like, Do they take over everyone? I don't think so. I Have mean, you ever they, been taken over? They crashed the party, but like, yeah. I don't know. What if they just you let take, them have the party still? You take over the building, but it's like you take over the people. Yeah, they, I mean, Come well, on. I mean, they did have them rounded up and like sitting in a, in a, they, in a like the fountain. Yeah, it was a takeover. Very soon, McLean realizes that there's no one to save the hostages but him. You forgot about Ellis. I forgot about Ellis. He could have just, like, just left and be like, you know what? That sucks for those people. <laughs> well, that'd be a good, that'd be a good movie. Well, they locked him in though, so I guess he couldn't yeah. unless he jumped off the roof. But yeah, well, he, he didn't know the building was going going up in flames until the end. But what, was it a retcon that he has two daughters? Because I thought he had as a son. Like he has a son, which is Jai I Courtney. Don't, I don't know, and it doesn't matter. I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I mean, they could just do whatever they want. I don't know. It, you're right. I mean, hey, man, yeah. Stephen D'Souza. I mean, let's he's let's gonna, ask let's ask Walter Peck. Who yeah, did Walter he interview? Peck. Did you interview two, two <laughs> little girls or a little girl and a little boy? What did he do? It's hard to tell these. You know, it's like they're yeah. that young. Maybe a different yeah. haircut. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. So, Is that a girl or a boy? We don't know. We don't know. I it's hard. There was like 15 taglines, and I had to lower these down to six. It's still too mm. many. So I'll mm. try to be I'll try to be brief. But let, let's go through these. So first one is is actually pretty interesting. Put this on the movie poster. It will blow you through the back wall Whoa. of the theater. Whoa, that's offensive. I don't want. I don't want anything to blow me through anything when I'm at the theater. There. <laughs> this is pre butt punishing 4DX too. Yeah, by the way, I was, I was thinking of. I was thinking of some butt punish. <laughs> 1988. Nah, I don't. I don't. I don't want to be blown through the back wall of the theater oh, next. That sounds like an unpleasant experience. There. Yeah. Uh, Forty stories, twelve terrorists, one cop. I like it. It's a rule of three. It's a good one. Forty stories of sheer adventure. What is it? Is it a amusement park ride? What is going on? Right, right. High above the city of LA, a team of terrorists has seized a building, taken hostages, and declared war. One man has managed to escape, an off-duty cop hiding somewhere outside. He's alone, tired, and the only chance anyone has got. No, I feel like this is on the poster. I've heard of this before, but it's like, we don't need the life story. No, next. Let me watch the movie, you know? Yeah, 12 12 terrorists, one cop. The odds are against John McClane. That's just the way he likes it. Does he like it that way? See, do, like, doesn't, I don't think he likes it that way. I think he'd rather it be easy. He accepts it that way because he has no choice. <laughs> yeah, I think he'd rather be one-on-one. <laughs> it should be 12 terrorists, one cop. The odds are against Sean McClain, but he's got to deal with it. Like, got, that's what it should d- say. He doesn't like it. He doesn't he's like it. De- he's got to deal with it. Yeah, that's better. Put us yeah. out there, man. Yeah. And by the way, they call it a tagline, not like yeah. synopsis, right? Yeah, not, not tag synopsis. Right? Here's one that leads into my next point, but 
It's Christmas Eve in LA, and the party action's about to explode on the 40th floor. Mm. So, yeah, I guess they were going to blow up the 40th floor, but they also, John McClane blew up like the 15th floor or something. Yeah, or like the 5th or whatever it was. And I'll say this. Now, look, we were originally before pre-hiatus, mini-hiatus, we were going to put this out for Christmas. And I know it's like this tired debate, like, is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? Like, whatever, right? But I'll tell you what. I sort of went in thinking like, you know, it's been a while since I watched this. Maybe people are right. Maybe maybe it's not a Christmas movie. But let me, let's end this once and for all. And, and I'm, we don't have to debate this. We don't have to go into detail. But the amount of Christmas stuff in this movie is outrageous. Like it's set at Christmas yeah. time. It's set around a Christmas party. There's Christmas music, Christmas trees. They talk about Christmas. He's visiting family for Christmas. Like outside of it being about Santa Claus and like Santa Claus delivering presents, like, what more Christmas could you have? Like, yeah. I'm sorry. It is a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Done. It's over. It, it's over. It's over. And, like, yeah, uh, I watched the movie not thinking about it and then realizing how much Christmas was in this movie. And I was like, it's over. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah, Done. for the amount of people that argue against it, I'm yeah. like, wait a second. Not, like, not I was almost to, on their side. I'm not winking. I'm not – I don't have a stupid smile on my face when I say it. It's not a troll job. Yeah. It's a Christmas movie. Let's end it. Let's drop I it. I agree. What, so, financials. They they uh, they had a pretty swanky Christmas party here and a pretty swanky building. The budget was twenty eight million estimated, and no. man, this thing was a hit. One hundred forty three point six million return, cumulative worldwide gross. I mean, this was this was a a smash hit. Some would say, oh, yeah. and it even had the the awards to back it up. So it had had a ton of Oscar nominations. There's a there's a bunch of other awards, but I'll just name a couple here. It was nominated for best sound, nominated for best film editing, nominated for best special effects. Best effects, sound effects, and editing. And then it was also nominated for best effects and visual editing. I mean, this was a great movie, and I don't think you could argue against it. And that was Academy, the Academy sort of recognizing this thing. I know people say that's like, oh, turn your nose up, but yeah. clearly people respected it. I'm surprised it didn't win adapted screenplay, too. Yeah, it should have. crazy to me. Because it's a book, right? It was based yeah. on a, a book, yep. which is yeah, which is interesting. So, I mean, talk about this. You, you asked me in the beginning of this, which one did you see more? Now, I think we have to save some of this because we're going to have to do the other, maybe we'll do three. We'll see if we go up to four and five. But where would you rank this thing at the time of watching this in, you know, January 2024 here? Where would you say this falls with you within the broader saga? First of all, we're not doing four and five. Um, <laughs> you have no, I like yeah. Timothy Olyphant, man. He's our boy. Yeah, he is our boy. He's a you son of a bitch kind of guy. Um, Die Hard with a Vengeance, one. Die Hard 1 is two. And Die Hard 2 is three. And I'm not even ranking four and five. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, think, I, I, I think three is almost a perfect movie. I love three. I was going to say, man, when when you said, yeah, we're not doing four, I imagine Tim the Oliphant, like with the smirk from our yeah. Girl Next Door cover mm-hmm. art, just doing the smiling, like you son of a bitch. Yeah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like, I, know, I know this movie sucks. So you do you me. think that three is a better movie or it's more fun? Like it, what what, what mm. makes you say that it's the best one for both, you? Both, maybe. I, yeah. Maybe both. Three's a great one. Maybe maybe one is better acted, but I mean, I'd be hard pressed to find a better story than the whole Simon says scenarios mm-hmm. and the, you know, it's very similar to the end of uh, one with the kind of like the bad guys putting on a ruse to think they're blowing up the gold, but they're actually stealing it for themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think all of it is better than one and well, people might fight me on it. And you know, I'm, I'm that's personal preference. That's, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not going to argue, but like, that's me. I think you got to respect too the fact that the third movie of a trilogy was that strong too. And I yeah. think there's a lot to be said for that because typically by the third movie in a trilogy, you're like, all right, you know, right, come on. fumes, yeah. especially if it wasn't 
like a cohesive story across the three movies. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, there's the third one that we've made. And, yeah. you know, Sam Jackson's great. You got Jeremy Irons is awesome. Like, it's a great movie. So mm-hmm. I, I would I would agree. I still think, for me, I would say one, three, two. And yeah. I couldn't and, even tell you the last time I watched two. I don't even yeah. remember. And, and two gets two gets a bad rap just because it's, I don't know, it's just not as good as one or three, but it's still, like, very strong. Yeah. It's just it's not one and two. One and three. Strong what about... Way. What about this? You asked me before we started recording this about the video games. Oh yeah. Let's let's talk about that because you you have a a pretty solid history with these. Yeah. So one of my favorite games of all time, and I don't know how if anyone else even cares or knows this game existed, but the Die Hard trilogy for PS One is was is an all time game for me. Where it's like the first one is Nakatomi Plaza third person shooter. You have to rescue the hostages and and escalate up up the up the building. Two is a rail shooter in the airport. And three is a driving game where you have to defuse the bombs that Simon's setting all over New York City. And you got like this fake Samuel L. Jackson voice actors. Are you aiming for these people? He's like, he's doing all this thing. <laughs> is it more offensive that it's like he's trying to be Sam Jackson? Yeah, yeah. It's clearly a guy trying to be Sam Jackson. It is not Sam Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great game. And then you got the arcade game where it's... I believe it was skinned from uh, a, just a Japanese kung like a fu Sega. game. Yeah, yeah, like a Sega game, and they they skinned it to have, have John McClane uh, running up the tower. You know, you can. It's kind of like a beat 'em up, like a like a street race type. You can pick up weapons along the way: guns, rocket launchers, swords, broomsticks, whatever, what may have you. Solid games, man. Have you had any experience with these? Do you do you remember the one? And maybe I'm mixing it up because there was an arcade at the mall near us growing up and there was like those rail shooting games. So you had like Time Crisis, you had Area 51, and then yeah. you had House There's of T2. the Dead. T2. T2 was another one. Uh, but And Revolution X. But th- this was one that had more like the Revolution. police trainer like gun. <laughs> Not like X. why they made yeah. a rail shooter about yeah. Aerosmith. That's awesome. Like, and the thing is when Revolution X was out, I didn't even realize it was Aerosmith. Like I had yeah. no idea what this was. It was just like this mm-hmm. wild nineties, like rail shooter it made no yeah. sense to me, but I vaguely remember, and maybe I'm misremembering it, but wasn't there like a rail shooter game that was sort of like area 51, but it was diehard. Am I, I misremembering right. that? I feel like you're right. I feel like I remember it uh, in our mall, but I don't remember the name of it or anything like that. Maybe, maybe it wasn't that I, I, I have to look it up or something, but I thought it was a shooting like a shooter with the actual gun, but maybe I'm mixing up the one that you were talking about, like the um, the one with maybe the, with, the PS One. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know, but I mean, I, I love look the arcades. I'm glad they're sort of making a comeback. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. they're a bit expensive these days to try to go. <laughs> but man, it it I miss the arcade. I'll tell you, like it's I don't know, and and a good video game like adaptation. Like the one you were talking about, the PlayStation game, like I think the three that you mentioned, the way that they did them, it's yeah. genius because you get three different kind of games in the trilogy of the games, which is pretty awesome. I played that probably a little bit, but I didn't play it like you and, and our friend did. So oh, yeah, I was all about it. All about it. Let's talk about John McClane. And we can't do that without talking about Bruce Willis and having a moment of Bruce Willis appreciation. Just just a moment. I think we we mentioned this on one of our previous shows, but obviously Bruce Willis retired from acting. He's dealing with aphasia, which is a form of uh, similar to dementia, unfortunately, right? Um, Bruce Willis is an awesome actor, man. I love a lot of his movies and this being one of them. Uh, but it's like at the time, right? He wasn't seen as an action star. He was on Moonlighting. You joked about it before, but people were probably looking at him the way they looked at Michael Keaton when he was Batman. It's like, how's this guy going to do 
this movie. Mm-hmm. What what's your what's your favorite Bruce Willis movie? And you could include this okay. one if you want to. Yeah. All right. I'm going to leave out Die Hards, but like you could say Bruce, Bruce Willis movie, or you could say role because he does a lot of ensemble movies too. True. Right. So I got two. Um, one is Sin City. I love his role yeah. as 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 Hardigan Sin City. And the other is a movie, full-blown movie of his, Unbreakable, the M.I. Shyamalan. Great movie. Love yeah. Unbreakable. I thought he was great in it. So those two stand out for me as the Bruce Willis favorites. Yeah, I mean, and you mentioned like role. Like obviously Sixth, Sixth Sense was was great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Pulp Fiction like was a great like sort of yeah, role. role. Like, I know he's barely yep. in it. Mm-hmm. But my favorite, and this might surprise people, it's probably not one that everyone's going to say, is The Fifth Element. I yeah. love that movie. Mm-hmm. Man, I saw that in the theater when it came out and I just remember loving that movie. Mm-hmm. And uh probably my favorite of his. I mean, like you said there's a bunch of other roles, like obviously Expendables, Expendables 2, whatever, right? Um but I, I would say probably The Fifth Element is my my favorite movie yeah. of his. And I think when you you talk about him possibly being good enough or the right fit for this, I don't know that any other actor could have made this as successful. Maybe there's a handful, but we read some rumors about people that were almost casted in this. Like, could you see anyone else playing John McClane? And and forget like two and three, because those are sort of more action oriented, maybe. Like in the first one, the way that it's set up, like, Mm -hmm. could you have taken a different actor and put them in here and it have been the same formula? Yeah, I think there are a few for sure. I mean, it's easy to say, y'all, you can't, you can't have Die Hard without Bruce Willis. I mean, if you didn't know it existed, I'm sure you could have it. Um, we went through a couple names. To me, the most obvious choice for this time period would be Mel Gibson. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's the same body type, same kind of cocky attitude that I thought he could have done this movie, and it would have been a smash hit along the lines of, of A Lethal Weapon. I saw something that said Robert De Niro was almost cast. And and like, mm, you know, yeah. Late 80s Robert De Niro is somebody that I'm not familiar with. Like, I always think about 90s. So it's like there's 70s De Niro. And then there's like 90s 90s and 2000 De Niro. Like, I'm thinking about Heat and stuff like that. And obviously Goodfellas and and things where he's playing more of like a mobster, gangster kind of thing. But I think he could have done it. Like, I I think he could (sighs) have. I I can't see it. I don't know. I don't see him as a run and gun type of guy. I don't know. What about like... So we we were looking at lists and we saw other actors. There was Richard Gere. I think he's. I don't think he's tough enough. Yeah, too. Yeah, too. Too. Uh, too dreamboaty in the eyes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Kurt Russell was an interesting one too. Kurt Russell could have done it. He could have done it. But maybe he's like too tough because he's Snake Plissken. It's like. Uh, yeah. What about Harrison Ford? I, I think he's too smug. <laughs> <laughs> too smug. Harrison Ford would be the type to just leave the building. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not had not, not say everyone. He didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't because you know Harrison Ford like he's he's a badass and he's great. He's Indiana yeah. Jones. He's sure. you know Her- Han Solo. He but is I Air Force like he's, One. He's yeah. too cool yeah. at that point. Yeah. And then by when he point when he was the president, he was yep. too old. I don't yeah. know. I don't feel right. like he was the right fit. So I, I think you have talk of maybe lightning striking. I think Bruce Willis mm. was the perfect character here. And right. and I think part of it was because you could see him losing right he didn't yeah. seem like oh he's just going to tear people up like you put schwarzenegger in this movie it's unbelievable you, you're not going to mm. believe it it's, yeah, it's the, just not it won't work yeah the 80s action stars of like yeah the the, the big three of stallone schwarzenegger van damme 
would yeah definitely would not have worked in this in this type of movie. You could say that sudden death was more kind of like this movie than you know it's Die Hard and they, yeah. I mean they even joke about it right Die Hard yeah. and an ice rink. Yeah. So by that point it worked, but I feel like that's because Bruce Willis established this type of character, and I feel like right. Van Damme worked because of that. So what about so we'll talk a little bit about John McClane as a character. He's obviously this New York tough nosed police officer slash detective, right? And he's move. He's going out to L.A. He's visiting L.A. Do you think that there's like a stigma of L.A. versus New York? It's the whole West Coast versus East Coast. Like we're East Coasters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that East Coasters look down on West Coasters. You think like, so? In like the toughness department, and it's unfounded, totally unfounded. Yeah. And I bet there is a rivalry, like an unspoken rivalry between like New York cops and L.A. cops. It's it's weird because I yeah. I feel like. LA people probably turn their nose and I I have no no basis for yeah, this. No basis. It just see it see it seems like a thing, right? Yeah, because you know, yeah. East Coasters and maybe it's because it's it's cold here, it's dreary in the winter, yeah. and it's like we, you got I got no time we, for that. Yeah, but we need something to fight about. So it's like <laughs> when we're when we're cold and we're miserable, it's like screw those sunshine yeah. assholes outside yeah. on their beach surfing. Yeah. <laughs> like Johnny Utah, like come on. Yeah. John McClane's going to put up nothing with Johnny Utah. Yeah. Like, no way. He's right. out there surfing. It's, 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 it's like the classic inferiority complex where yeah. it's like, yeah, like we're, we're miserable here in the winter. It's like, oh, it must be nice all that sunshine in LA. It's like, it, it doesn't make any sense, like, but you know it, you it seems like here. a thing. You can and then, and then the LA cops are like, what are you talking about? It's, we're just yeah. living here. What are you it's doing? It's just as tough here, man. <laughs> what, we got, what's we your got problem? crime too. <laughs> yeah. What's your problem? <laughs> crime is crime, man. It's, yeah. it's, you gotta, yeah. you gotta do some detective work. Yep. I, what what kind of police officer do you think he is? Is he a good cop? Like in, in Die Hard One, before yeah. pre knowing what mm-hmm. you know about the other right, ones, right, 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 right. Uh, I guess yeah, because he's probably one of those cops that's about to get divorced because of it, because of his job because he cares too much about his job. Gino Ferrino right? situation. Yeah, exactly. Do you think he's a loose cannon, or do you think he he plays by the book more? Because he he seemed they didn't really give us a window into that. I mean. the, the Without knowing two and three, I think I think he's more loose cannon than played by the book. But this to me is like an extreme example of like he's in he's he's fighting for his life in that in that tower, right? Yeah, that, that's fair. And, and back to the New York versus California thing, like they had to really play it up. Like, how many comments did he did he make? Like, oh man, geez, California, California, he's like a caveman who just doesn't understand <laughs> other areas, right? It's like, there's no town that exists yeah. outside of New York. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you, can't, you can't get a good bagel here. <laughs> That's you probably call, what it is. What do you call this pizza? This is this is like cardboard. This is <laughs> like cardboard. I'm, we're probably, hey, if you're from California and you can relate, you let us know because yeah. I, I I don't live out there, so I don't know yeah. about bagel. I know about Northeast yeah. bagels and pizza. That's look, all. I know. Look, we're from outside of Philly, so we hate both New York and California. Yeah, so, yeah. so you both can go screw yourselves. All right. That's true. Right. Yeah. yeah that's that's yeah. true. What about uh? What about his wife? So let's talk about what about Ms. his wife, Ms. Gennaro, if, if you la. want to. I don't if, know. If there's, there's a lot of things to talk about in this space. And, and I think there's the relationship between them. And, and, and maybe I should have prefaced this by saying this. You said it before. Look, everybody's seen this movie by now. If you haven't, go watch it. Yeah, there's a lot of action and there's a lot of guns and stuff. We'll talk a little bit about that later. But I'm interested in, in the relationships. Yeah. I'm interested in what's going on with these people, man. Yeah. So there's too much um there's too much good action in this movie and we can't possibly describe it. So yeah, we're acknowledging that the action happened and it's great, but we're really gonna talk about the dumb stuff. So Yeah. Let's let's, move on. 
let's talk about him and his wife and the relationship. So there's Ellis, which which we could talk about, and, and that that guy, right? We're going to talk Ellis. about the That Guy Hall of Fame. Maybe he's in there. He, he reminds me so much of Bill Paxton's character from True Lies, mm-hmm. and maybe it's an homage. Good call. And then we'll talk about, you know, maybe maybe Bruce Willis and, and is he a good husband? So maybe let's start with with that. Like, is he a bad husband? Is she a bad wife? Or are both things true? Or neither things true? Yeah, yeah I feel like they're both true. They both seem like stubborn people, right? Mm-hmm. Set in their like, ways. She she got this job across the country. He loves his job at the NYPD. And as we stated prior, he's got no time for that for being an LA cop. So it's kind of like she started it, right? But how dare we stomp on her career True. aspirations, right? I don't know. It's hard. It's a hard one. So you just, but she makes the decision to uproot the whole family. Yeah. I mean, but how much money was she making? Like, I'm not saying that what he's yeah. doing is a bad job because he's obviously a public servant. He's helping out. New Yorkers mm-hmm. by yeah. solving murders and crimes or whatever the heck he's doing in his job. At that point, he probably wasn't fighting terrorists in 1988. Like he was doing mm. whatever, whatever yeah. was going on in New York city or wherever it's solving he was. A, solving a murder here and there, which, you yeah. know, look, there's, there's obviously good to that, but sure. She's making a life for the family here. Who knows? She, yeah. she seemed like second in command at the Nakatomi mm. Corp, at least in yeah. the U S branch right. of it. She's the breadwinner of the family. Tell you that much. So and usually the breadwinner gets to decide where the family lives, don't they? That's, you know, I mean, ultimately it's a partnership and you got to make it work for both of them, but sure. he didn't, he just decided not to move out with the family. Like, Hey, yeah. you guys go out there. I'm just not going to go. But like, the, what, but how did that go down? But there's no, he decided not to move. Like she made the huge leap of accepting the job and taking the kids to live in LA. I'm yeah, sure they had too. many, I'm sure they had many midnight arguments about it, but the fact that she went and did it, but, that's like that's like the first the first declaration of war. But if marriage. you leave him, you leave the kids with him. He's not going to be home. He obviously he's, not, he's not watching those kids. I know. Obviously, he is not. That's what I mean. He's got guns laying all over the pat the house. Yeah, right? this is like th- I'm thinking about the seedy part of New York in Last Action Hero, where yeah. the, the kid mm. is is in that apartment and there's like junkies yep. and stuff. Yeah. Yep. That's what I'm thinking. Without Miss Gennaro, you know, these yep. kids are, I mean, they're in a better place, are they not? Mm. Yep. I'm thinking of uh, McNulty from The Wire. Yeah. Like that's that's who this, that's who John McClane is about to become, a divorced father of two who's just not able to take care of his kid and can't possibly understand his wife. I, I, um, I think that. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. But I'm not letting her off the hook either because I don't know. Like I, I, I don't know how to say this. I don't want to sound sexist. And that's, <laughs> that's, a, a, that's, a, that's a horrible way goes. to goes. start the conversation. But don't cancel I mean, us, please. <laughs> for her to just move, she she moved. Like I know you True. gotta you have to follow your career, but that's that's the first declaration of war. To do that, but not have like a like a proper separation because their, their relationship true. is very complicated. It's they're not quite separated. They're just across the country while they figure things out. I mean, that's a hell of a move. That's like, if you move out there, you might as well say we're separated. I'm seeing other people. This Ellis guy is kind of, kind of kooky, kind of neat, kind of a scumbag, but you know, he's different. Hey, yeah. Well, do we know for sure that there was like, I'm going and he didn't say, yeah, maybe I'll meet you out there or something. Like we don't, he told the story to Argyle when they were in the limo, but it wasn't, I don't know. And it was, 
Yeah. It was a lame excuse of, I got cases that are six months piled up. I can't Dude, just leave them. There's a lot of other cops. They can yeah. they can figure it out. What about LA, man? They need help too. Yeah. You, you go out there. And I'll he say can, this, right? Yeah. You can't just, tr- like the transfer, it can happen. Yeah. You're a public servant. And I'm it not saying that, like his career isn't like the specialization of whatever Nakatomi is doing. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I don't think like, we know that. But like, we could say the same for her though. Like, does she have to work at, at for, for Takagi? Does she have to? When they're going to give she, you the kind of money that, that, yeah. that Takagi's given you, man. For the private business, it's a, yeah, it's a sweet office in a private bathroom, but like, that's being a little greedy yourself. She can do business in New York. Well, I mean, but maybe if she wants the sunshine. Maybe she wants the, <laughs> does she want the sunshine more than the husband? <laughs> if, if if that's if the answer is yes then maybe then, we're, then let's get divorced yeah. <laughs> well hey man i mean it's i just i also feel like we need to talk about her for a second because yeah. she had an au pair slash housekeeper i'm assuming it was right because it, it yeah. was someone taking care of the kids while she's working yes. so she had enough money to do that but like did you find it at all demeaning that she made the lady call her husband mr mclean yes like that probably wasn't the choice of that lady because when someone calls you Mr. Badway, yeah. you, you say like, it could call me Kevin. Like, call me crazy. Call me, call, call, me, call me crazy. Call me crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> call me crazy. That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So yeah. I feel like when she says, hey, did Mr. McLean call? Like, come on, man. That's yeah. rude. I'm yeah, sorry. But like she doesn't know Mr. McLean personally. So maybe she's just being properly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I just feel like, hey, it's no, my husband. Right. Like, what kind of yeah. relationship do you yeah. have with this lady? Like, Dr. McLean. De- call him Detective McLean. Yeah. <laughs> call yeah. him de- Detective. Okay. I feel so like here, that'd be better because yeah. it's more of a, of a job. Like, calling him Mr. McLean okay. is even more demeaning, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's the Stone Cold Steve Austin bottom line. Here it is. They're both too stubborn to make this marriage work, right? Yes. They don't belong the, She She won't give in on her job. He's not going to give in on his job. So the marriage is over. And the only thing that could save the marriage is a terrorist plot where lives are at stake, <laughs> which is what happened here. I mean, he it proves that he cares about her, but let's be serious. Mm. Until the next terrorist plot, yeah, I'm just going back to I the mean, status quo here. Yeah, look you what happened. That. Look what happened before the terrorists showed up. They were in her office. They were like, "Oh, it's nice to see you. Oh, it's nice to see you too." Like they were getting the feelings right, yep. and then it immediately turned into an argument. That's right? what I mean. If the, he would have just went through that Christmas party, had a nice time and then gone home with her, they would have been fighting at midnight. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. But didn't it, didn't it say he, he says that at one point I accidentally got invited to the party. He like, said that. Yeah. He, he was talking in code at that point. Cause he didn't want to give away that his yeah. wife was there. That's yeah. it's, it's like, Part of me wondered, like, was that actually, is there something to did, it, too, where, like, it was actually accidentally invited to the party? Yeah, like, like, what if it actually was true yeah. and it wasn't? Well, maybe, well, hold on now. Like, yeah. This is part of, the, part of the movie that maybe I never thought of. What if Mr. Tagagi invited, invited him without like the knowledge? Family. Or well, not that's, without knowledge, but like, oh, by the way, I invite your husband. I thought you wanted me to do that. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's yeah. what I thought. That, that's very possible, but it's not clear. I, I thought, thought that, that was the truth because yeah. she still had him in pictures. She still, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, she changed her name. And and that's yeah. that's the thing. We got to talk about this. I'm sorry. I don't mean to like spend the whole time talking about this, but there's, no, there's no, one fine. other thing that we need to talk about. So maybe we can come back to Ellis in a second, but this is a lead into Ellis. And and Ellis is the, the scumbag Bill Paxton-esque type character. Why wasn't Bill Paxton in this, by the way? He should he should have been the guy. I mean, the guy did an okay He's job. Too young, but, too young yeah. at the time. 
what did you think about her using her maiden name? But mm. like, was that mm. is that a violation? And, and, a and a, yeah. there's a couple ways that we can look at this because I could mm. understand someone saying. I want people to take me seriously. I don't want people thinking like, oh, I'm a product of my partner, man or woman, whatever it is, right? Like whoever. Do you think there was an element of it like I'm starting fresh? I want to be Ms. Gennaro yes. now. Yeah, because she hadn't been Ms. Gennaro in New York at her other jobs that, that, as we know of, right? I believe her changing her name or not changing, but like using Gennaro in California without his knowledge and without proper separation or or, or, or legal separation uh, no, no divorce papers being uh, filed. That's that's a that's a big jab. At, it's like a at, dig, at poor right? John, yeah. At poor John, yeah, yeah, and like he he felt it in the heart when he saw it. Yeah, because I sure. mean, they have movies where kids will then go by their mother's maiden name or their father's name instead of their mother's name and stuff like that, right? Or their other parent, yeah. or they'll they'll switch their name out yeah. of like a disrespect because like I'm mm-hmm. not part of this family. Yeah. Her her doing that is basically saying we're getting a divorce eventually. And that's, yeah. that's shots fired on her part. I agree with that. So it was sort of like the precursor to the, the divorce. Yeah. And I think Wikipedia I, says like, oh, his marriage is in a state of constant yep. peril. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think, I think I've all clarity going forward. I I think I'm on team John McClain here. Yeah. Because I think she moved the kids across country and took that job before the argument was finished or the conversation about it was finished. I think she pulled the trigger early on the move without it fully coming through. And, and when I say fully, I mean like this ends with divorce. Well, I'm going to take this job no matter what, you know, as, as Charles Lee Ray would say, um, <laughs> no matter it's, what, it's no matter what. So, <laughs> and there's, if they're still in a holding pattern of like, uh, I still don't agree with you. Let's talk about it some more. She left. So what about the whole Ellis thing? Like he knows she's married, right? She's got the pictures in her thing. And then she put the yeah. picture down. I sure. mean, I think this is just a good example of good writing yeah, because good, good writing. writing shows, okay, changing the name is a part of the plot point, but it also makes sense in the context of the story. Mm-hmm. Putting yeah. the picture down is a part of the plot point, but it makes sense mm-hmm. in the context of the story. Yep. Like there, how many movies do we watch on this show where it's like, oh, she just happens to use her last name. There was no point of it in the plot. Like right. to way yeah. that expertly craft that, like yeah. I need to recognize D'Souza yeah. and, and the partner of, on the screenplay because it's just really well, well done. It could be D'Souza. It could be Roderick Thorpe. No, I've never read Die Hard the book, but maybe those types yeah. of details are in the original. So I don't know. But There's another way, person right. that, that did it too. I, I agree with you. I, I think I'm on John McClane's side as well. Um mm. What do you think about the whole idea of your wife getting hit on by coworkers? Now, I'm not trying to be like a territorial caveman here, <laughs> but as you know, some the, might the, call me. But you know that those scumbags are out there. They're, they are. They're, out there. they're predators. These people. They are. And and Ellis is like a grade A number one suspect for that he type of thing. He doesn't care. She's married. He's comfortable enough to do coke on her desk. What else are they comfortable doing on that desk, Drew? What what's happened on that desk? Who knows? Yeah. Business yep. deals and all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. Did mm-hmm. you get the sense that they were hooking up? No. And she does not seem to be the type to go for that type I of agree slime, with you. slime ball. But you know he's trying to wedge his way in there. Absolutely. And yeah. the comfort level to do coke on your boss's desk, who is one below the CEO or whatever yeah. Tagagi was. Not even the bathroom, the desk. Like he was oh, doing I was that. Some, I was making some calls. Ugh. I mean, I guess it's the 80s and people were doing coke, but yeah. I don't know. What what about like 
Maybe we could talk it's about the it's the eighties and people were doing some coke. <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of coke, a little yeah. bit. Just I just picture it. Mr. and Mrs. Rahali in the eighties just just <laughs> coked out of their minds because it was the eighties. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, it's the eighties. Everybody was doing coke, yeah. just like oh, yeah. the sixties and seventies. Everyone's smoking yeah. pot. Yeah. Everyone was on psychedelics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's LSD and everything. Now, Mr. O'Halley in the 60s. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he was high as a kid. <laughs> if you're listening to this, Dad. <laughs> what about the Nakatomi Corporation and Plaza? So she took this job. Like, what do they even do? Is it just some like OCP conglomerate? Like they didn't, I, isn't it they obvious? didn't say. They do business, Drew. Yeah, well, they do business, all do kinds business. of business deals. Like, I don't know. Like, why does the safe have those, like, notes? Like, I don't even under, like, I'm dumb. It's bonds, I think. Oh, it was bonds, okay. I think it was, like, some type of bonds or financial, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So they owned that, and that's what they were trying to rob, which we can talk about in the plan. So, I mean, that's involved in their business somehow, some way. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Just It's just just blind corporation A. They do business. That's all You wish you knew more about them. Like, what if it was, like, Dynatox, where you knew they were dumping toxic waste? Maybe people, have you, have you read the book, people? Maybe the book gives a more intimate knowledge of of, uh, of Nakatomi Plaza. I think the thing, the thing about it, too, would be that would you feel more on John McClane's side if you knew she was going to work for some scum corporation? Or yes. if and, you knew that Tagaki was a bad guy, would you maybe be on Hans Gruber's side? Yeah, you'd, you'd feel less, you know, you'd feel it's a less- a Robin Hood uh, situation. Yeah, sure. So I feel like they, they had to be on the up and up because- if we're having Hans Gruber steal from a scumbag, then it's there's less stakes, right? I agree with that. What about the office? So the office was like, how would you rate it in terms of '80s offices, like OCP? Think about RoboCop. Yeah. We, we just watched those. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's very swanky, very swanky. I mean we know they're, they're, he's putting money back into that plaza, baby. He's not afraid to spend it. That's the return um, to work. All those yeah. remote workers, man, they better yeah. get back to work. We spent all this money on this office, so. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it would have aged well. I mean, you can do some 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 upkeep to make it look more, you know, 2000s. Like I say, the office existed in 2002, you know. But yeah, what I want to talk about is is the dynamic of the Christmas uh, work yes. party, right? Absolutely. Have you, have you been a part of these Not like big that. blowouts? I, I've never witnessed... Or been a part of this no. type of Christmas office Christmas party before. I've been to corporate. And it's a ones. thing. It's a yeah. thing in movies and TV shows. Yeah, but just yeah. friends. They had they had a big one yeah. there, like yeah. this one. I've been to to some right, but nothing like that. Like when I was coming out of college into work, it was like right before the financial crisis of whatever. I graduated in two thousand seven, right? So it's yeah. like it feels ancient to say that right now, but when you hear that, it's like right before everything tanked. So they kind of stopped a lot of that. Now we had people that would sort of pay for for parties but it wasn't anything like that and i, I like, know in the yeah. 90s they did a lot of that yeah and like there's no alcohol at any of the workplace christmas parties that own. i've been to i i was where a couple uh, we gave us two tickets mm, and but i know but, some people that have been to some of that but i've never had like alcohol on premises you have we we have yeah but it was it wasn't I, at the office it was off site yeah yeah i would go to a bar okay. or yes, something yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes 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 but like never like just a bash no. with alcohol in the office. No, that's like smoking yeah. in an airport right now. Yes. Like it just yeah. makes you feel <laughs> like mm. when you see John McClane lighting yeah. up in the yeah. in the airport, he's waiting for his bag yeah. and he just whips out right. the cigarettes. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> you can smoke there? Yeah. Like you're allowed? <laughs> maybe that's why she, maybe that's why Holly wanted to move across country. Yeah. <laughs> she maybe he whips out cigarettes at breakfast at the breakfast table. I, I just feel like you like you're talking about like the work party and then the 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 audacity at which people were like, uh, should I even say the word? They were 
making love on the desk were, in one of the offices. Yeah. So there was a lot of a lot of shenanigans going so, uh, on at this well, party. Well, a as you say, it's the eighties. You know, they're yeah. they're doing they're all coked Coke out of their minds sex. apparently, having and, sex. Yeah, and B, um, the alcohol's flowing, and that's that's <laughs> that's the negative to having the alcohol in the office because that yeah, leads yeah. to people looking for side doors and side offices to man to do something real quick. Just like. I know the idea you, of hooking up with your coworker, like, yeah. but you you don't want that, like, at yeah, the end but of like the day. it happens, it happens, it, it does. especially the larger the company, the more likely it is. Um, and like, are you fired if you get caught? It's at the, the 80s, Christmas party, man. banging they, at the Christmas party. I don't think at the eighties they're like, hey, you know what? Probably don't do that again. That's probably a bad idea. <laughs> but. I, it's like George, George Costanza and then the Seinfeld episode. Should I have not done that? Yeah, because he because he has sex <laughs> with the cleaning lady after hours. <laughs> Should I have not done that? I mean, mm-hmm. it is, you talk about sexual harassment. Like, I mean, you, yeah. you're part of a, a larger company, right? You got to take training on that stuff. It's, it's first off, it's inappropriate in general. Yeah. You shouldn't need a training to know that that's inappropriate. <laughs> I mean, that's just like yeah. ridiculous. And I worked at a different company before. And I remember in my last company, we, we had to do this training. And the training was like, you don't want to laugh at the training because it's obviously a very serious thing. Oh, but yeah. it was so ridiculous. No. Like the acting, it was like Ellis yes. coming in doing yeah. stuff from a movie. It right. was so outrageous. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I understand the, the, the seriousness yeah, of these of topics, but I can't help but laugh at some of the, some of the corporate videos I have to watch to this day. Cause they're ridiculous with, with, with the bad acting and the ridiculous scenarios. And I know sexual harassment is a very serious thing and yeah. I would never do anything like that. But like, the videos come on. Like I look forward to them. It's entertainment to me. They're there. Cause it's like a bad movie. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like but, you don't need the videos but for those, examples, but those aren't for you and me. That's true. Those they're videos for guys are like for Ellis. the people that honestly have no idea that they're being inappropriate. It's like Ellis and, and, yeah. and Simon from true lies. Like, oh, wait, yeah. I can't say that. Like you, ask like a 10 year old boy. Have, yeah. I can't have, I can't have joke about that. What are you joking? That's crazy. Are you kidding to me. me? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's obvious to us, but yeah. I, I agree with you. Like, I think maybe they could get in trouble. So, uh, Let's talk about the movie. <laughs> Back to the movie, the I guess. But the, what? the work Christmas party. I think we could both say that we'd never been a part of anything like that. Mm. But let's. We gotta. We're gonna maybe gloss over some of this stuff. But we gotta talk about when the movie and the shit goes down. For better, for lack of a better word, what did you think about John McClane and how he handled himself? Now we don't have to go through all of the plot points and everything that he did. But there's maybe some different things that we could touch on. How do you think he handled himself in the scenario? You know, not having shoes, being half dressed. Like, what? Yeah. Did you think he did a good job? I mean, that's the most impressive thing is is to do all this without shoes on. Right? That's clearly <laughs> first and foremost. But yeah, I, I loved his style. You know, the cockiness. You him ha- being on the radio with both the cop and the bad guy. Do you think the cockiness like is that a tactic to weaken Hans Gruber? Right. It or could. is it? Or does it, well, do you think Hans was like not affected by what do they by say this, about like this, poking this the New bear? York scumbag? Yeah, like I think he, you know, he's European. He doesn't care about Americans in general. He thinks we're all idiots, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then on top of that, he, New York maybe is like the most stereotypical American besides Texas. I think. Yeah, so Texas you got is like, probably one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you got like the Cowboys from Texas. You got the Yankees from New York, and then you got mm-hmm. maybe like the California surfer dudes. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Is that what Europeans think of us? You guys let us know. The last podcast so at gmail.com. Three, those, those might be three spot on categories. Yankee yeah. Doodle from New York up here. Yeah, this yeah. guy, he doesn't care about any, any, anything. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, you're right. Like he's poking the bear and maybe that's a bad technique. <laughs> but like for him to be like, a, like I know he's a New York detective, right? So right. it's like he's, he does crime scenes, maybe, maybe a chase or two, right? Sure. To get a guy that's, that's on the scene of the crime. 
But he had extensive weapons knowledge, didn't he? He did. Like the, the weapons he was picking up from the bad guys. It was like a video game where you kill a guy and you pick up the weapons and get the yeah, ammo, You know how to right? reload it. Like Very much a video exactly game. exactly what to do. Yeah. And his use of C4. Like, <laughs> he knew it. He just knew it. I don't think that's a class at, yeah, you know, at, detect, at Batman school, <laughs> right? you learn that? Do you, you learn, learn that? do you learn how to set off C4? Yeah. At, at criminal justice class? I mean, he had, I will talk about this in a second, but he had different handguns, machine guns, like you said, C4, different flashbangs and stuff. Yeah. Like he knew exactly how to handle himself. And he was doing this without even like skipping a beat. Like he was switching out ammo. Yeah. He knew exactly what to do. Like yeah. maybe he had but, a background in the military or something. No, but I, I love the variety and I, lo- I loved his moves, him shimmying out of, out of, um, I mean, we're getting close to dangerous territory of remember, remember this, remember yeah. that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I thought that he was, it was great. A. But my question to you is, you know, watching him walk on that glass just made me cringe because I, you know, it, it pains. I hate when people are messing up their feet. Like it makes me <laughs> upset. Like, and I, and, I, and I empathize. You need shoes on. Yeah. So, like, what are the worst things in the world that you could walk barefoot on? We know glass is definitely one of them. Because obviously, want, a case in point. But like, what are yeah. what are some of the worst things? Do you want worse things? Like, like real things or like things that I would might walk on things, in my house? Uh, you know, obviously, right. you're not going to you know be in you know in a shootout at the tower anytime. <laughs> I'm soon. not. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you the worst one. Yeah. I I think, and maybe this is me being a baby, but Legos. Yeah. Like Lego, you, everyone's going to say the Legos. Lego. Oh yeah. People are going to tell say the Legos. It's a thing for sure. Mine. And this has happened to me fairly recently. Last time I was at the beach is you ever walk on the sand. You like, you don't respect the it's sand. Hot. So you're walking to the beach from, from your like vacation beach oh, you're house burning your feet. and you don't have your sandals on. You don't have your shoes on and you, you roll up on the beach and you think it's fine. You take one step and then you, tr- and then you, you start walking faster thinking, Oh, I'll just get to my destination quickly and this will be over. And but then you just you just collapse. You, you just know what can't go any further. It's like Your when feet you are use, so hot. I'm gonna give like an analogy that doesn't make any sense, but hopefully it makes sense to you because yeah. I know you get me. It's All like right. when you use the turbo in in like NBA jam and you use yeah. up the whole bar and yeah. you're still trying to turbo, but it's only going back a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it's like little, 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 little. Yeah. Like that's you yeah. running on hot sand. Like yeah. you think that every time you, you lift your foot, it's like a, a, a millisecond of relief. You're using more yeah. of the turbo yeah. to the point where the bar is not going back up. You can't levitate yes. over the sand right. and fly. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just out of gas the whole mm-hmm. time and you're done. Like, like that's that, what I think about. That shit kills. It does. Ugh. It hurts it's so bad. Cause you don't respect the sand. That it's, sun's been beating on it all day. It, it is. And you go at like lunchtime. Oh, forget it, man. Forget it. It's, high it's over. Forget you're, about the, high noon. You're going to have like a, a peel of your skin is going to fly <laughs> off there. And it, you know, what about like, I don't know if this is bad, but I think about Home Alone and we just, we watched that and Ugh. like Marv in like tar. Like that sucks. Yeah. Like, I'm, so I don't know when the last was, time you walked you in You were tar thinking tar. Was. I was thinking him stepping on those Christmas ornaments. Yeah, that's glass, oh. right? It's a, oh my God. Wait, is that ah. glass worse than the, than the glass of the office? Because it's like- it's like hollowed out like glass. It's, no, it's, it's probably it's not. better. I feel like it's more like a powdered glass. It's more, it's more on par with like movie glass, Christmas ornaments. I feel. Have you, have you ever stepped? I have stepped on glass by the way. Have you? Yeah, dude, I drop it. I've, I've dropped two glasses in my kitchen in the past year. And to this day, I'll, I'll find a shard <laughs> somewhere like a little tiny crystal, right? Where it's like, if you step on it, like, it'll be like, ah, fuck, what is that? Yeah, it yeah. kills you. It hurts yeah. so bad. Oh, he so had much. like, he had like auto glass. Like it, it was like yeah. chunks of. That's of, slight. That's like you could slice your juggler type of glass. I mean, good on Hans Gruber to be smart enough to shoot yeah. that out. And yeah. I don't know. I would say that, you know, another bad one. Maybe this is barefoot, but you ever step in dog shit? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
like you want to yeah. step in that with yeah. your bare foot but i don't like i feel like i'd rather step in the poo than the pee like you would the piss to me is disgusting i think i'd rather walk on legos I, I, like i know i know the poo is is <laughs> more uh, biologically dangerous to you i guess i don't know from a cleanliness standpoint yeah that's true but I don't want to step in a puddle of pee. That's just pee, but, disgusting. Yeah, because pee is like, so maybe this is gross to talk about, but mm. pee is probably colder. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> it's well, like. Well, if it's been left, yeah. Yeah. But if yeah. you slip, I don't yeah. know. I don't want to step in either, yeah. man. But if, you're, if, but if you're in a house and a dog has an accident and, you, and you're walking, minding your own business, and all of a sudden you step in a puddle of piss. You might slip. That's just, oh, just, put, <laughs> just, just throw me out. Like, <laughs> Just put me in the garbage because I, I, you know, it's not worth washing. You know what? Right? I'm going to say something controversial. I'd rather step in pee, dog pee, barefoot than with yeah. a sock on because okay. So- <laughs> now we're talking. Now, yep, I see it. You know I, what I mean? I got now, you. Now let me tell you why. You. Now yeah. let me tell you why. And go with me on this. Yeah. Because <laughs> people are like, "What the hell am I listening to?" I came to listen to <laughs> Die Hard, and now I'm talking about stepping in pee with a. Ladies and gentlemen, the Last Row Podcast. <laughs> You know, put us, give yeah. us a vote for us in the podcast awards. Yeah. Uh, this is why we'll never be in it. Yeah. But just go with me on this for a second. The sock gets soaked in the pee, yeah. and then yeah. you have a cold sock. You don't want a wet sock to begin with. No. So you have a wet sock with pee. Come on yeah. now. Exactly. Like like you you walk you shovel snow right, and um, let's say the your your pant leg is dragging and it gets wet. Yes. You come in from the house. You take your shoes off. Your first step. The pant leg is like underneath maybe, and then you get your sock wet. It's I hate over. that feeling. I That's hate like it. the worst uh, millisecond of my life. <laughs> I get hate me, that just, just kill me now because my sock is wet. <laughs> it's the worst. Give me shattered glass in an yeah. office with yes. my bare feet yeah. versus Give me that. hot coals. Give me thumbtacks. Give oh, me the hot man. sand. Don't give me wet foot. <laughs> I'm sorry to all the listeners that had a bare th- See, what's, we have to talk about it. We have to. What, what's the worst part of, of John McClane walking through glass and, and cutting his feet up? It's not the cuts. No. He's walking on that wet blood. It's gross. That's, yeah, and the wet blood. And then he's like sitting in the sink. It's yeah. that man. And then he ties <laughs> paper towels around yeah. his feet. People injuring their, their feet and their fingers to me, <sighs> I, I, I'm very squeamish towards. Man, dude. You could tear a guy's heart out and I'd be like, that's that's fine. I mean, yeah, that's what I feel. I'm, we were just yeah. talking about Indiana Jones at the Temple yeah. of Doom. The guy Kali yep. Maz's heart out. I yeah. don't even. I'm, doesn't doesn't even phase me. But if you mess with someone's fingernails or fingers or toes, then I'm out. How I'm about, out. I mean, this movie's kind of gruesome in some ways too. Remember when the guy got shot from underneath the table? I hate yeah. to say remember oh, this, yeah. but they showed mm-hmm. a lot of that. Or when Tagaki got shot, yeah. I mean, the blood splatter. The blood splatter that wasn't, yeah. I want to ask you another question before we move on from this topic, because we got to talk about the weapons and gunfire. And it's sort of a, you mentioned C4 earlier. Was it just me? Or are you worried that the building's going to collapse if you drop that amount of C4 down an elevator <laughs> shaft to the point where it blows out like whatever floor yeah. that was? Because yeah. I'm thinking about Django, right? Like you played yeah. Django before. Sure. You pull yeah. out the wrong thing, that whole yep. thing is collapsing. Yeah. I mean, Did that it's, cross it, your mind too? Maybe it, de- it depends on where exactly the explosion hits. But to me, it's just like it's just like pulling the pulling the tablecloth out. Peter Venkman? You know? Yeah, the flowers are still standing, Drew. <laughs> You're Peter Venkman did? Yeah. Yeah. He did his, such a good job at the C4 that the yep. building was still standing. Yep. Yeah. It's like, you know, floor four is intact. Floor six is intact. You blow out five it's and then cool. six just slams down on four and we're cool. We're fine. It's like he jumped before the elevator landed yeah. so he didn't yes. die. It's, it's cool. Fine. It's good. It's all, it's all good. I, I was thinking about the building collapsing and that was a hell of an explosion in my opinion. But mm. what about the weapons and gunfire? So 
I have to give you credit. Like mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about maybe firing guns off the roof and the cops are just driving around like a bunch of yokels that had no idea what's going on. Maybe that's why yeah. he's pissed about LA cops. Cause yes. maybe they're not hearing the gunfire on the roof. Yeah, like they don't, he does they don't pay York. attention. They don't pay attention. They're driving around with Twinkies. Yeah. What about the guns? Did anything stand out to you with this? Cause there's a variety so, of weapons. So I went on and this is a very informative website. Internet movie firearms database.org, Drew. The IMFDB? You could search a movie and it tells you what guns were used by which people in the movie. Because I was very curious, like, what are these submachine guns that they're using? Um, so we know that John McClain has a Beretta 92. That's his personal pistol, right? Yeah. And we also cop, know. Cop gun. We also know that Hans Gruver used the Heckler & Koch P7M13 as his handgun. With silencer. And we also know that Carl Winslow at the end of the movie. That's a Smith & Wesson. Other handguns include the Walter P5. Everybody knows P5. Right? Isn't that in, is that in, uh, in, in uh, GoldenEye, Walter? Yeah. The, the Walter P5 a, is, yeah. It's a very small, very portable handgun. Um, uh, that's some of the bad guys, the Germans uh, use that. But the, the machine gun I was looking for was the Heckler & Koch HK94. That is your standard issue submachine gun they used the heck out of it. It's the MP5. It's it's basically an MP5. And it's considered, they call it the Rolls Royce of machine guns. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Depend, you know, um, according to imfdb.com. That does look like a yeah. a standard goon, yeah. 80s goon machine gun. Like you're and, doing infiltrating. You get that and, gun. And it's got that, like, you know, I, I, it's like the stock attachment to where it's like you can rest it on your shoulder. For, yeah, it's like for, a bar. For steady aiming. Yeah, for steady aiming. Right. With like the extended that. mag, there was no red dot sight. You, you only can um, have two on at a time. Yeah, you can only have two on at a time, as, 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 as Call of Duty has taught you us. You get the perk right. limit. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't have the, you can't have the stock <laughs> and the red dot. You got to pick yeah. one. <laughs> extended mag? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So the SWAT team were using M16s. Carl, the, the, I, I would call the main henchman. Yeah. The bad guy? The, yeah. With whose brother died, right? Mm-hmm. Had, had the stair AUG, the AUG, oh. which is... You know, this 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 gun was also in Call of Duty, by the way. So you would know it if you saw it. It's got um, that scope on it, right? It yeah, it has, like it has a little bit of a, a scope. Yeah, it doesn't have the extended mag. It's got a long nuzzle. Very classy looking. If, you, if you're using that looking. gun, I felt like he was shooting that yeah. from the hip. Like yep. he was fired, not even from the hip. He was just yep. like had his arm out shooting it. Like, what's yeah. the point, man? Mm-hmm. Don't you want to use the scope? Mm-hmm. You'd be more accurate. Yeah. And uh, and that's the gun where he, he, remember he pointed it at John McClane's um, jaw. And then they had the fist fight. Yeah. And then it's at the iconic. end where he inexplicably was still alive and he was like, he, <laughs> at the end of the movie. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I forgot about that part. And uh, when he came back, I was yeah. like, man, are you kidding me? That was too funny. I love like, that. How did he get out there? He still had the gun. That was too funny. <laughs> That's bad police work, man. When they went in there and swept the building. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't that guy look like a poor man's Dolph Lundgren? Like yeah. I, I've, you know, if you, Dolph was too, too, famous to be in that but he looked like a poor man's Dolph Lundgren a yeah. lot of these guys did actually <laughs> yeah and then there was a couple one-off guns like there's a ton of stuff here the sniper rifle the Strayer SSG you had the the M60 E3 oh, and the regular M60 machine guns that's my favorite in Call yeah. of Duty like yeah. Modern Warfare I love that mm-hmm. the M60 is what turned Carl Winslow's uh, uh, cruiser into Swiss cheese as he says also a big fan of the hockey puck flashbang Dude, because it slides. Love, you yeah. got to use that. Yeah. Love the hockey puck slash bang. You had the custom rocket launcher. So many weapons. I was glad that this existed because I, I had a question. I, I searched in Google weapons in Die Hard, and this is what they gave me, and that was every weapon in Die Hard. 
Man, I love uh, I love the IMFDB here. It's yeah. we we got to bust this out more. We're gonna have to incorporate this more. I Apologies missed the golden closet. Little... I don't know if we 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 did that in a while. Maybe they had some of these things for sale, but I we need to get oh, the yeah. IMFDB back in here. Mm. Well, you know what I want? I want to buy John McClane's filthy tank Wipe, top. Yeah, the tank yeah. top. Yeah. Oh man, it it went from clean to dirty to filthy in like 20 minutes flat. That's why I don't buy white shirts, man. Like, yeah. you know, even like they sell white hoodies and stuff. You can't get that. Yeah. You wear that. You need mm-hmm. to basically throw it away when yeah. you're done with it. It's instantly yeah. going to get dirty. And he eventually took it off. But like, at what point is, is it not a shirt anymore? And you should just take it off. Like, it's not protecting anything. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> why was he wearing it? It, yeah. was, it was just like covered in crap. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when wrestlers chop up the t-shirt to the point where it's like a smock. Oh, yeah. Yes. Where it's, it's like they cut all the sleeves off and it's yep. just the front and the back. The only the, reason why they're wearing that is so that you buy the shirt. Yeah, you see they're buying the shirt. They wear the shirt, you can buy the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think you're right. And I saw something, it was, I think it was a trivia where they said that John McClane, he, they had like 15 versions of that tank top in varying degrees of disarray just because yeah. it was like you needed all the shades yeah. of dirt. Yeah. dirt. yeah, and you needed like to have the continuity, so... I know we got to talk about the police and and the FBI ineptitude here because it's obviously a key plot point, but did it bother you when he tried to use the emergency radio and like he pulled the fire alarm and they're like, there's no fires. Why did they believe him? (laughs) And and then, and then there was, this is a reserve channel. Like I wanted to jump through the movie and like punch that worker in the face. Yeah. Because it's your job as an emergency responder to assume that it's an emergency until you right. prove that it's not. It's like yeah. innocent until proven guilty. It's like, hey, this building might be blowing up here yeah. unless it's not blowing up. Like they I, did not believe him. I think they should be fired after everything that happened. They need sure. an investigation, man. And, and this is maybe one other reason why John McClane doesn't want to be an LA cop. They don't take it seriously. Don't She's ready to seriously. go surfing. He's not going to get dispatched the proper calls. If the if they're just like going to just sit there and watch TV all night and just disregard every call that comes into the emergency broadcast. Did you, speaking of watching TV, did you like that the, the main henchman that was pretending to be the lobby guard was like yeah. watching football game? He's like, oh, oh yeah. I, got I got 50, got, got 50, 50 bucks. bucks on these guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back into the henchman yeah. in a second. But I, yeah. I thought just overall, and even the FBI, right? Then you get the dude Max Keller showing up from from Raw Deal. From Raw Let's Deal, talk yeah. about that, guys, and and maybe we could talk about it here. But that that FBI ineptitude was bad. But oh, you yeah. can't talk about Die Hard and not talk about Carl Winslow. Like I hope everybody yes. knows who we're talking about here. Yeah, Reginald Vell Johnson is his real name, Drew, but we all know him as Carl Winslow, um, all time TV dad. And um, no, it was a great role. Um, I think he's very synonymous with the movie. It's not just John McClane. People also definitely think of Carl. I, people, I feel like people think of Carl Winslow more than they think of Hans Gruber, Alan Rickman. I agree with that. As the second name in Die Hard, even though obviously Alan Rickman has a bigger role. When I see Die Hard in my mind, I see Bruce Willis and I see Carl Winslow. He might actually have more screen time. Screen time. I don't know what Maybe. the numbers are, but it's possible. Maybe. Did you think that the relationship made the movie? Like, I, I think it did, It personally. did. No, I think it I definitely gave it more... Um, Give it more feels, you know, gave it a, a more human element, more than just senseless violence or anything like that. What about, oh, maybe, you know, I don't know. We should just call this section that guy appreciation because, and this is 2024, so we, we, we didn't do the awards yet for 2023, but these guys are already in the that guy consideration for 2024. Yeah. You got the principal from Breakfast Club. <laughs> like, 
Your ass you is know? mine. <laughs> like, that's another, another one. You want that's another? another. <laughs> he's a deputy chief. Yeah. And like they played him as this hard ass. And the second the FBI shows up, he's a complete dumbass. And oh, he doesn't know ass. anything. A kiss ass and a dumbass. He's like, oh, I'm the guy in charge of here. Not anymore. Not anymore, pal. <laughs> I saw that. I think it was, I don't know if it was Ebert or Siskel. They gave this movie a bad review right away because mm. of him specifically. They didn't. Wow. They thought that he didn't need him. But wow. I thought he was funny. And then Argyle, the limo driver, underappreciated. He. Yeah. I actually wish he was in a little more. Yeah, I wish, to be I wish there was more to it. Yeah. What's uh? What's limo etiquette? So if you're John McClane, I mean, they obviously paint him as as this guy that's never been. In, and he says, "I've never ridden in a limousine." So yeah. he sits up front. If you're a limo driver, is that like... I don't know why that was so funny to me. It's, it's <laughs> obviously, it was played for laughs, but you know, I don't know what to do. Let's sit in front. Because he's not... He, he doesn't want to be special treated. He's, no. he's he's not a fancy guy. He's not going to fancy dinners. You know? He's a burger and fries kind of guy. And he's a he's a ride up front kind of guy. But even if you're riding a, a, a taxi, you're riding in the back. <laughs> it's like... It's more comical, though, because it's yeah. a limo and it's so yeah. long. All the amenities are back there and he's just whatever, man. He's sitting in the front. Like I always wonder, is there even a front drive passenger seat in a limo? Yeah. You know, when you think about yeah. it, like they should take like, it out. And it's just a more reason why he's 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 an asshole is because like he could smoke back there and put the put the shade up and then not bother Argyle, but poor Argyle has to sit there while he's smoking next to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was the eighties, you know, people yeah, smoked it was the in 80s. Their car. People were smoking, they were doing blow, they were doing all that. It's it's a huge. So if you're a limo driver, and Argyle, he said it's his first day on the job, but if you're like an experienced limo driver, are you like? Get the F in the back, guy. Like, no, you know, is that a violation? He, Argyle was supposed to open the back door for him to lead him into the back. That's true. He probably never did that. Yeah. I forget if they showed him entering the car or not. I don't like, even that. an Uber, like, you, you take an Uber or a Lyft or whatever, it's 2023, whatever other company yeah. exists these days. You don't sit in the front. Like, I, I mean, even when you do I, with a bunch of friends, you got it, but that's yeah. the last seat filled. No, yeah. If if I was an Uber driver and someone, a solo person, <laughs> opened the front door, I'd be like, no, 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 get in the back. Conversely, <laughs> if I were driving friends, I'm not going anywhere <laughs> if there's no one in the front seat. I'm not, I'm not your chauffeur. <laughs> Larry David, remember? It was yeah. the Ben Stiller thing with yeah, Larry David. Yeah, it was David. the Ben Stiller thing. Larry David's like, what do you, what's the big deal? It's just two blocks. No, it's a principal thing. <laughs> You sit yeah. in the front, man. You don't sit yeah. in the back. <laughs> yeah, I'm not your chauffeur. Get out of here. <laughs> what about Ellis? Me. Yeah. What about Ellis? Uh, yeah, we talked I think about him as an homage. It. I think you called it. It's a great homage. It's not. Well, it's not an homage since he was Bill first. Bill Paxton was an Bill homage Paxton to was an homage to, to Ellis. But yeah, I mean, he's you know he was cocky until he wasn't. Right? He was cocky until shit got real. The best like example of that is he's like. Come on, John, come on. And he's drinking a Coke. He's like, like you Baba. got the henchman pouring the Coke yeah. for him. And uh, the second he knows it's game over for him, he starts like nervously drinking the Coke. Yeah. Like, <laughs> No, he deserved what he got because he could have just kept his damn mouth shut and stayed in the crowd. But he decided to try to be a hero and befriend the guy and get him what he wants, which would ultimately be like having John, John McClane found and killed. So question for you. Do you think, it was a flex to Ms. Gennaro of I'm gonna your husband's out here gallivanting yeah. around. Yeah, he's, he's messing this up. This. I'm gonna fix this. He's he's making it bad for us. Yeah. I'm gonna fix this, and then you'll see what a real man right. does. Yeah, and and what I, I mean, I thought, and maybe that's why he didn't give her away because that was a good plot point. Like I think if you're watching this the first time, which they made it to believe, hey, he's gonna give her up. Mm-hmm. You know, I know in other movies that the guys give him up, but I think he wanted to. 
to be with her still. It certainly seemed like it. When he died, like, did you feel bad at all? No. I mean, I don't want anyone to die. He walked in the, you walk into the lion's den, you're going to get mauled, man. Yeah. You, you dive you better, into the middle of the ocean, the shark's going to get you. <laughs> he's, he's got, he got grubbered. Yeah. yeah. What about Walter Peck, who I would say scumbag oh, of the year This guy award. Is this guy just perfect at this kind of role or what? <laughs> For all that don't know, yeah. Walter Peck is is the guy from Ghostbusters who is the TV reporter in this movie. So I'm going to call yeah. him Walter Peck because yeah, everyone Walter, knows him as Walter, Walter Peck. Peck. Yeah. William Atherton is the name. And I don't know if he's a bigger scumbag or not in this or in Ghostbusters. On the one hand, he released all the ghosts because he's up their ass about, you know, about environmental issues, right? But on the other hand, he went into a home of a hostage where secrecy was at, at, at the utmost importance and interviewed their like six-year-old daughter. <laughs> if, like, if get, get away from my old. daughter, you scumbag, right? Completely. It was complete scum, complete. And like, you got the impression that when they were setting up his character, it was as if he was a good reporter and he wanted to report out on this story and the people in the newsroom were annoyed by him and whatever. But then you start, like, I think it was a bait and switch because when they set him up, it's, it's you think that he's trying to report on the situation. Yeah. You didn't think that he was going to be a jerk like that. And he threatens to call the INS on the, on the poor lady that was taking care of the kids. Yeah. I mean, it was complete scumbag. Mm-hmm. I would say this is worse yep. than letting the ghosts yep. out into Manhattan. Yeah, it's worse. But I mean, the ghost, I mean, that was pretty bad yeah. too. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of into world. End and he just, thing. and he just, he thought he was so much smarter than, than the Ghostbusters. And just That's this, true. Oh, I just hate You shut face. that down. Yeah. Do not shut yeah. that down. And he, he comes back in Die Hard too, and he, he's good. He's yeah. good in Die Hard too, also. What about um, FBI guy, Max Keller? Yeah. I mean, this is a lesser thing, but like, I thought he did a good role of like, FBI agent who thought he knew what he was doing, but really he was just like, he was inept, inept as all hell. And um, I love how the movie made you believe that he was in on it, that he was part of the terrorist group, but really he was just, just a meathead, you know, FBI agent. Good writing, man. I mean, this is just a really well written movie. Like it deserves the scores that it it has. They gave him the music and the, and the, and the zoom in making you think that he was more important than, than he actually was. It was good, good swerve. I don't mean to disrespect Alan Rickman, because I feel like he's obviously, you know, RIP and, and, and an incredible, incredible actor. Are you about to trash Alan Rickman right now? No, but what I was going to say <laughs> is you could argue that he's actually, and, and you did argue prior to the show, mm-hmm. right? That he could be one of the most famous that guys, right? Yeah. Even though he is very cap- a very capable lead actor. You could consider him a that guy just because he's in so many things and he's a very memorable face and voice. He's going to Alan Rickman's voice. <laughs> That's probably bad. But yeah, I, I agree. And um, I thought he was great in this movie and um, he might score high. What do you think? I, I know everyone's going to remember him from Harry Potter and, and this movie, but I think about him as the dude in love, actually, when he's, you know, <laughs> he's like almost cheating on his wife. That's what yeah. I think about. But actually, most underrated role, Galaxy Quest. Love that movie. So I, good in that movie. Oh, yeah. He was great in that. I love him as the uh, the angel in Dogma. That's that's great, too. Yeah. No, I, I think we got to put him through the scale here. You can't talk about this movie and not talk about probably one of the most iconic villains of all time, yeah. Hans Gruber. So if you're new to the show, we have a, a patented last row podcast villain scale where we can objectively rate these villains. And uh, we'll see how he scores. There's four major categories. There's look or style, hideout or layer, plan, and henchman. Now I got to give Mike 
listener in front of the show a shout out. He's talked about an adversary scale before. I don't know if it fits in here, but let's go through these scales. We might have to reevaluate this in the future, but I, I shout out to Mike because he's written in and, and talked to us a little bit about that. Start with Looker Style, Bad Way. What do you think about, about his, his, his setup? It's hard because he's not overly flashy, but I like what's going on, right? Love the beard. You know, I love the haircut for the time. He's got a great looking suit. Um, he's got a very stylish uh, pistol. And he doesn't stand out, so it's like he's not got a five. Well, you could talk me into three going on four, just for the classiness of it all. I mean, do we talked about accessories. So a lot of times we do talk about accessories. I mean, he brought an assortment of weapons here. Sure. So you could argue that's part of his plan, but I would say he brought C4. You're giving he him brought, credit for all of the weapons? Yeah, I am, because okay. I think he's okay. the master of my mind. They had freaking mm-hmm. missile launchers that they yeah. shot at tanks. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had, like, I, this category sort of evolved over the years where we've talked about, okay, is it a ponytail? Is it his accessories? It's definitely part of it. Like, maybe Arsenal is part of this because, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a visual thing, but it's also tools of the trade. And I, I think you could yeah. put that maybe but, in Henchman too. But he doesn't personally use most of the stuff. True. He has a personalized weapon. That's true. But so I don't know if that is look style. For Maybe it goes under personally. henchman. Maybe it yeah. goes under henchman. Yeah, it could, it could elevate the henchman. His, his gun, the one that you said was, uh, was it the Walther? He, he, he didn't have the PPK. I forgot what it was, but the, or one of the HKs. Mm. Either way, I liked it. I think that's a three because I think he had a nice suit. He had an Italian yeah. suit and yeah. I thought it was really good. But tied into that, you know how John McClane was calling out the different, like, suits and things of the actors when he was pretending that Gruber, when Gruber was pretending that he was American. Yes. I was surprised that he didn't notice the suit because he noticed all the other guys suits Mm. and maybe he knew as he was going, but I actually think that he did a hell of an American accent and Oh no, please don't kill me. I was going to, I was going to ask you. Yes. Like that plays into it. Did you buy his accent? I thought it was good acting. I got to admit it because It made sense where he's and, like this random dude in the, and it in was, the thing. It was slipping through too. So I think, I think McLean caught it real quick. He Maybe did. not right away, but very quickly. Yeah. I, I think a three because I think all of those things added up. I think you nailed it with a three. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can go four or five. I just don't think there's enough there. But I think, I think it's a three in, in my opinion, unless you, That's would, fair. you would knock it down. I'll go with three. I, I'm not going to fight you for four. So. Okay, let's go with the three. All right, so now. Hideout or layer? This is a tricky one. What what do you think? Because I don't know what it is. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the the four the four category system is a fail safe to like not have people just score twenties so easily. That's true, right? Everyone's got a weak spot for the most part, unless the tippy top of the tippy top. So hideout layer is going to be that because we can't just call Holly Gennaro's office his hideout layer. That's <laughs> he not made his. it. He made he it. Comm- he commandeered it. Yes. Yeah. He annexed we can't it. Just, we can't. He annexed it, but we can't just <laughs> say it's his. <laughs> He's borrowing He's Jason it. rolling into Manhattan here. Yeah. He took it. Yeah, he took it. <laughs> but he blew it up too. So that's but the other he thing. He also blew it up, yeah. I don't know, man. Um, I feel like it's got to be a one because there's nothing to speak of. There's nothing he doesn't to speak have of, unfortunately. One. It's not his fault. It's just the way it is. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue this because he doesn't really have one. Yeah. And it's the accessories and stuff. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about that maybe in the other categories. It's got to be a one. If there was a one-minute scene in the first five minutes of the movie where it shows him in a warehouse arming up, yeah. we could. that's something we can use. But we can't, I it's not there. We can't right. use it. 
I mean, the Nakatomi Plaza is a sweet building, but it's yeah. not his. So yeah. you can't say yeah. that it's his. He we stood up it and, and he blew it up. We can't call the truck that they rolled in on. Like, no. that's not, that's not. I'll it. say this. If he didn't plan on blowing it up and he planned on like staking this place out, like the dude from yeah. freaking Raw Deal we were just talking about, they got yeah, that, yeah. that office suite. Yeah. All right, I'll give it to him, but we'll you're right. It, it's yeah. a one. Mm. All right, now, plan. This is plan. a really interesting one. Yes. Break this down, please. I mean, I guess the plan is to steal the notes and everything else associated with that bunker or whatever, bunker safe on the ground floor, right? And then bring the hostages to the roof where he's claiming to the cops that he wants to be transported. Meanwhile, having the roof um, wired with enough explosives to possibly blow the building down, right? Mm-hmm. They blow that up. Everyone dies. Everyone thinks that even the host- even the the terrorists are dead, while they sneak out the back door on the underground in, in an ambulance or something. Right? Is yeah. That, did I did I get the gist of it? You did. You did. And he yeah. said, I think at one point, like the best way for them to not find you is to think you're dead. Yeah. So which is interesting. Yeah, it's great. And his plan involved. Like I know the cops got alerted earlier than he wanted. But his plan did involve the cops getting alerted to the point where the FBI intervenes and he knew the FBI was going to cut the power to the building. They had a playbook. Which, which opened up the safe. It was all part of the plan. So he planned on getting caught and dealing with the cops and eventually having them think he's dead. I think it's a brilliant plan. And I think it could have worked on a better day without John McClane in the building. Fortunately, John McClane was there. And then we are where we are. But I, I think it's a five plan. I, yeah, I'm not even going to argue you yeah. on this because... It definitely is a five because it's, it's elaborate, but he was so smart. He knew everything that was going to happen. The only thing that made it not work was John McClane. Without John McClane there, it would have absolutely worked. The only flaw in his plan was when he went to look for the explosives himself, he knew how dangerous John McClane was and he set his gun down to go look for the explosives for a second. And that's when John McClane found him. And then he acted like he was, you know, a hostage or whatever. You're not why a don't put your gun down when you got a maniac cop running around the building and B you should be armed with more than just one gun right I, I would agree he with should that. he should have been ready with a second pistol can I have in it his, in his in his ankle in, you know in his put ankle the or something yeah, yeah or have like a, at least one of those hockey puck yeah. flashbangs yep. or something I can that just proves to you that maybe he's not he's all plan and he's not a fighter well yeah so, I mean it's like going yeah. out naked like he went without his gun as being Mm. naked in that scenario and i think you're right like but i think that the way that he outsmarted everybody he knew that these these cops were gonna do whatever they were doing like he had it play by play like at one point they referenced the fbi playbook he was really smart and I, i gotta give him that and it was a genius plan i think the biggest thing about it was you know he had tricked everybody so i'm definitely down with a five okay oh yeah now henchmen Man, this is, dude, this is. Yeah, it's got a lot of henchmen. It's <laughs> so good. A lot of henchmen, a lot of them useless, but they're there. <laughs> but they're sweet though. They're awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, who was your um, favorite one? I mean, I, I, I loved uh, long haired, long haired boy. I think his name is Carl. Yeah. Whose brother, whose brother died, was the first one to die. And by the way, the brother who died first, he, he was not a very good henchman. No. He, he was nervous. clearly the first one to die. He didn't know what to do. Do you think his he brother, got into his, it? His brother, like he was a tech guy and his brother like just cut the wires for him. Yeah. It was like, he did not belong there. And I felt bad for him, honestly. Do you, 
do you think he got into the business because his like his brother was in it? It's like, all right, well, I guess I gotta, I gotta yeah. join that up. I think, like, I think he got drug along by his brother, and it's, and it, honestly, it's, it's tragedy. It's tragedy, Drew. My, uh, my favorite henchman, Vigo the Who's Carpathian. That? Oh yeah, well, of course, Vigo. <laughs> of course. Did you remember that he was in this movie? Because I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Vigo the Carpathian. He I forgot was, that it was him. And and my second one, Al Leong. Who was yeah. criminally Dude, underused. That guy, he is that guy Hall of Fame. He's in every action. He's movie. so good, man. Yeah. He's I, I know there's a meme out there that says when yeah. this guy shows up, the shit's about to go down. It, he is yeah. awesome. Can I can I just like just for a, a second run down some movies for you? Yeah, please. Big Trouble in Little China. He was awesome on the A team. Lethal Weapon. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Action Jackson. Die Hard. <laughs> He was in They Live. He was in Bill and Ted. He was Genghis Khan and Bill Ted. I forgot about that. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God, he's Bill, Genghis Khan. He's in Death Warrant with Van Damme. Oh man, I'm just I'm just going down IMDb. There's just too many to name. He's in Hot Shots Part Two. He's in Last Action Hero. He's in Beverly Hills Cop Three, Double Dragon, Deadly Target, Escape from L.A., Godzilla, Lethal Weapon Four. He's in everything. The Scorpion King. Dude, he's good too. Like he's yeah. underused in this. I feel like mm-hmm. they they wasted him. Like he just got shot yeah. in the end, and that was yeah. it. Like he wasn't yeah. in it enough. He he's a more capable henchman. He could have had some some time to the shine. But there's but a he didn't. there's a modern day Al Leong, and I'm probably saying that wrong, by the way. But in the raid, there's a dude. Um, I'm gonna pronounce his name wrong, but it's Yayan Ruhian. Mm-hmm. He is Mad Dog in the Raid, and if you watch any of the Indonesian action movies, like he's in a lot of those movies and a lot of the like more modern action movies, he's yeah. like the new version of of this guy. <laughs> and I, I, he's in all yeah. these movies. When this guy shows yeah. up, it's about to go down. Yeah. But I mean, this to me, like the henchmen. Now, this is where we can debate it, right? You could debate the effectiveness of them, mm-hmm. but I got to give them credit for the arsenal they brought. Right. And I mean, r- remember, henchmen are inherently there to get shot by the good guy right they're so they're not supposed they're not supposed to be competent right so i think we need to lean into the arsenal and also the 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 face recognition of some of these guys which this movie has right so i'm gonna i'm I'm willing to go four i think i want to go four too would you say carl was a sub boss yeah carl was a sub boss for sure he was a sub boss he wasn't like he wasn't a henchman he's tougher than hans gruber but he's but Hans Gruber's the brains. It's that's a it's that and that's thing. that's the flaw. Yeah. Like where you could argue that Gruber's plan fell apart because Carl wanted revenge for his brother versus locking him in the elevator shaft, like he said. You yeah. know, like yeah. this wouldn't have been a problem. Right. But Carl, Carl was pretty badass. I mean, he could he, he could was. take care of these guys and the arsenal. Like the stuff they brought with them. I mean, it was no joke. I yeah. think we got to go four and I'll the hairstyles four. too. Yeah, yeah. Just not five because there was no iconic moment I feel with the henchman. The, 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 the final fight with McLean and Carl is great. And the hanging is very iconic is an iconic kill in, yeah. in an action movie. But I don't know. I don't, I don't think it rose to the level to, to give it a full blown five. So I, there's no category for this. And before I, I, I tally up the scores, I, I want to ask you this, like Gruber dies ultimately, yeah. right? Like, do you think his death was a worthy death? And I have a point of why I think he could have done a better job. Well, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Like it, it's an iconic death for sure. It is. Yeah. And I think it was, it was earned. Something rubbed me the wrong way that it only took one gunshot to get him, but I guess yeah. it didn't kill him. It just, it hit him. It, it wounded it, him. It, 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 it knocked him back. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
but he did try to take Holly with him, which I, I respect. I respect. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But I, I just feel like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like they did him a little dirty, but you know, I've seen advent calendars with him falling down the building and stuff now because of the Christmas yeah. thing. But I, I'll, I'll say, and you know what I'm going to say, you know, know it already. It's clear he had he, a gun he, in his hand. He screwed up. Why did he yeah. not pull a Kalitri pull, and just pull the shoot trigger. up? At least try. You got to try. Like, right. Uh, maybe, maybe it's a legitimate question that we need to ask here. Yeah. Can you shoot up? Yeah. And can you like, shoot if you're falling? How like, fast you're falling. And I know the bullet, physics. the speed of the bullet is, is massive. <laughs> But at what point does the bullet just kind of like stay? <laughs> it falls down with you. Yeah, yeah. But also like he's flailing his arms going, ah, ah, ah. like imagine yeah. if you like physically you can't bring your arm up to shoot because I, you're too busy I, falling. Yeah, I feel like in if we're talking realism, most cases in this scenario, I think you drop the gun because it's the shock shoot. of, it's the shock of, oh crap. Yeah. So like, I feel like you lose your <laughs> hand, your hand strength for that moment, right? <laughs> You're not going to shoot. Yeah. I just, as you're falling, like yeah. if you happen to have like a holster, like I think you can have the wherewithal to like reach into your, and then bang. Like I might as well get this <laughs> shot off. I, since I, he still had the gun in his hand. Yeah. I think he could have squoze one off. I think he should have. And, and maybe it's, maybe it's more a testament to Raymond Kalitri and how good he was and got in 60 yeah. seconds to be able to <laughs> shoot back yeah. up. Kalitri is a tougher guy than Hans Gruber. Like yeah. on a, I mean, on a fight, on a fight by fight, pound for pound basis. A woodworking evil villain is, yeah. is, yeah. is pretty, pretty tough, but Hans Gruber as an all time uh, criminal mastermind, uh, he's a better villain than Kalitri, but Kalitri, you know, Hans Gruber just didn't, He's not, he wasn't much for muscle. I feel like the scale, man, I don't know. We need to reevaluate this. So I'll I'll tally this up and we'll look at this, but he got a three for look and style, a one for hideout and layer, a five for plan and a four for henchman. A 13 out of 20 is really good, right? But I feel like, and maybe you're right. It's the genius of the scale because it balances everybody out. Can't have everybody have a 20. We got a lot of 13s here, man. It's, it's, he's in there with, with, uh, Shang Tsung, the penguin, strut, Dorian Tyrell, like, Maybe it's oh, maybe it's right. No, he's he's where he belongs. I think he's where he belongs. I don't know. I mean, there's people that are higher, but I feel like not many, right? I mean, yeah, I've seen better, know. but not many, as a famous man once said. It's interesting. So, I mean, yeah. So there you have it, guys. Hans Gruber, thirteen out of twenty on the villain scale. Maybe we should do a card for him. I, he probably deserves it. We should, we should bring the card out. Is, is the card him falling, or should we? Uh, should, we should, should it be more dignified? It, it could we, be him pretending to be an American too, which yeah. is. <laughs> Maybe it's we like, should res- maybe we should respect him more. I think it's maybe him pointing the gun at Tagaki or whatever. It's yeah, or be. something. Yeah. Or him looking super annoyed at the guy mm-hmm. who was trying to do a do a at deal Ellis, with him. Ellis. Ellis. Yeah. So what about the ending of this movie? And I don't know. Like, do you think it ended correctly? Yeah, I think so. I mean, what do you I think this is the type of movie that you wrap up quickly. You don't need to turn this into two and a half hours. So. Did you like that they had the credits scrolling as the as the movie continued? Kind yes. of, sort of. I uh, like that move. Yeah, I like that move. It's a good move. Not not used often. It's an '80s move, but yeah. two things that stood out to me: the fact that McLean was just drenched in blood, dripping blood, bleeding profusely all over his wife. Yeah, and then the second thing of like him just driving off in the limo that's all busted up. Like, shouldn't he be in a hospital? And shouldn't he be getting debriefed <laughs> by the police? Yeah, they need to make sure he's not in on it. They, they still don't know for sure who this guy is. I mean, once they interview him, they'll find out. But as far as the dripping, drenching blood while she's kissing him thing, like that's that's why they got married. It's the manliest like, thing of all that's, time. That's why she fell in love with him. Is, is, is all this blood, the blood and guts. Drew, is there anything she, more ex, manly than that? It excites her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And this will and this will give them at least three months of reconciliation until they, like a, until they'll start arguing again. What's the thing like Army Hammer? That's like the blood thing. Is that allegedly? Yeah. Allegedly, yeah. allegedly, allegedly. So I just I feel like it was an interesting move move there. And obviously we know what happens to him in the second one. But I'll say I, I had fun watching this movie, and I would definitely watch it again. I actually purchased this on on 4K, and it's it's mm-hmm. one that I'm glad to have in the collection here. Five All out timer. of five letterbox. All timer, sure. So definitely curious what you guys think. You have to let us know the last row podcast at gmail.com. Write us in, leave a comment on the episode's page. I know we get some YouTube comments. Shout out to everybody else uh, on the audience out on YouTube. Shout out to you, Jay. Uh, leave us a, a note on Twitter at the last row pod or X, whatever we're calling it these days and Instagram, so on and so forth. And if you're enjoying the show, you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hit the subscribe button if you're not subscribed. And we'll be back in two weeks on February 1st with a new episode for you guys. See ya. See how many how many people has Ellis banged on that desk? I mean he's only done coke, but on Holly's desk? On Holly's desk. Besides Holly? Yeah. Besides Holly. <laughs> I mean when you're on when you're on that much of a bedroom, you start to lose count. I mean, is this guy just operating on coke? Like does he not he's not normal. He's not